ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد Today then we're going to have a look at a particular example from one of the books of the Masanid. You remember last time we were talking about certain types of books that were written known as the Masanid, the books written upon the Masanid. They were books that compiled a hadith under each particular narrator. So you have Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu an, and then all of his hadith that come with that chain of narration through him, and then Abu Huraira and all of his hadith. So they were books that were organized upon the narrators. One of those examples then, The famous example is the Musnad of Al-Imam Ahmad. The Musnad of Al-Imam Ahmad. Rahimahullahu ta'ala. He is the author, Shaykh al-Islam, Al-Hafidh, Al-Hujjah, والإمام القدوة المجمع على جلالة قدره وعلو شأنه من الموافق والمخالف الإمام أحمد that great scholar that scholar that is agreed upon agreed upon his status agreed upon his level agreed upon his ability, even those who oppose him, even those who oppose Al-Imam Ahmad, recognize his station. He is Abu Abdullah Ahmad ibn Muhammad al-Zuhli al-Shaybani. That is the name of Al-Imam Ahmad, Abu Abdullah Ahmad, the son of Muhammad, al-Shaybani. And he was born, he was born in the year 164 Hijri. 164 Hijri, he was born in. Wal-Mutawaffa, Sanat, 241. And he died in the year 241 Hijri. He was born in 164 Hijri. And he died in 241 Hijri. So as for his book, the Musnad, the Musnad of Al-Imam Ahmad, Tariqatu Tartibihi, how did he organize his book, the Musnad? And like I said last time, 
If you have a look at the printed copy of the Musnad, there is one printed version of it in over 50 volumes. 50 volumes of the Musnad of Imam Ahmed. ترتيب المسند كما في النسخة المطبوعة في ستة مجلد مجلدات. There is one copy of it which is available in six volumes, and the organization of this musnad is as follows. أولا العشرة المبشرون بالجنة. The ten who were given the glad tidings of paradise. He begins with the Khulafa, Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali, radiallahu anhum, and then the other remaining six, from the ten who were given the glad tidings of paradise. So he begins with their masaneed first, with all of the hadith that go through them first. The ten who were given the glad tidings of paradise. Then after that, he mentions Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Bakr and Zayd ibn Kharijah and Al Harith ibn Khazama and Sa'ad ibn Mawla Abi Bakr. Then after them, he goes on to the Musnad of Ahlul Bayt, the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then after that, Musnad al-Mukthirina min al-Sahaba. He then goes on to mention all of the ahadith from the narrators, from the companions who had the most narrations, that narrated a lot. The likes of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and Abdullah ibn Umar and Abu Hurairah, and Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, and Jabir, and Anas, and Ibn Amr ibn al-As, and other than them. Those who had a lot of narrations, they narrated a lot. Then after them, he goes on to the Musnad of the people of Mecca, the narrators of Mecca. And then after that, the Musnad al-Madaniyin, the narrators of Medina. Then after that, Musnad al-Shamiyin, those from Sham. Then Musnad al-Kufiyin, those from Kufa. Then Musnad al-Basriyin, from Basra. Then Musnad al-Ansar, the Ansar. Then Musnad Aisha wa the Musnad of Aisha and the other women. And then after that at the end, Sa'irul Qaba'il. The remainder of the tribes. So that is the order in which you find that Musnad of Al-Imam Ahmad. Makana to have Al-Musnad. So what is the level of this book? The Musnad of Al-Imam Ahmad. How does it fit in? in terms of its level of authenticity, etc. قَالَ حَمْبَلْ جَمَعَنَا أَحْمَدِ بْنُ حَمْبَلْ أَنَا وَصَالِحْ وَعَبْدُ اللَّهِ 
وَقَرَأَ عَلَيْنَا الْمُسْنَدِ وَمَا سَمِعَهُ غَيْرُنَا وقال هذا الكتاب جمعته وانتقيته من أكثر من سبعمائة ألف حديث وخمسين ألف وما اختلف فيه المسلمون من حديث رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فارجعوا إليه فإن وجدتموه وإلا فليس بحجة الإمام أحمد he said himself that he put this book together and selected the narrations that he put in there from 750,000 narrations that he had. He had 750,000 narrations. From them he selected the ones he put into the Musnad. And we're going to come and have a look shortly at how many he actually put into this book, the Musnad, from the 750,000 that he had. قال الإمام الذهبي هذا القول منه على غالب الأمر وإلا فلنا أحاديث قوية في الصحاح والسنن والأجزاء وما هي في المسند ما هي في المسند الإمام أحمد said that the hadith he put into that book the musnad of Imam Ahmed that the hadith you find in there that is what the sunnah is meaning that if you differ over something as he said then refer back to this musnad what you find in it then that's it if you don't find it in there then it's not an evidence However, that doesn't mean absolutely, completely. It doesn't mean every single sunnah was in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed. Of course, there are some authentic narrations that aren't in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed. But that was generally speaking. Because as we're going to come and see shortly, he put in there thousands of hadith. And so overall, there was a very good coverage of all of the sunnah. وَقَدَّرَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ أَنَّ الْإِمَامَ قَطَعَ الرِّوَايَةَ قَبْلَ تَهْذِيبِ الْمُسْنَدِ وَقَبْلَ وَفَاتِهِ بِثَلَاثَ عَشَرَةَ سَنَةَ فَتَجِدُ فِي الْكِتَابِ أَشْيَاءَ مُكَرَّرَةَ وَدُخُولُ الْمُسْنَدِ فِي مُسْنَدِ وَسَنَدِ فِي سَنَدِ وَهُوَ نَادِرٌ Also it mentions that Al-Imam Ahmed stopped the narration of it, of this book, and uh, analyzing it, and checking it, and rectifying it, uh, before his death by 13 years. Before his death by 13 years, he was done from that musnad. Uh, and so sometimes there may be some repetitions that occur that still needed to be fixed, etc., Sometimes some chains of narrations might overlap in different places that needed to be sorted out, but it is rare. وقال أبو موسى محمد بن أبي بكر المديني وهذا الكتاب أصل كبير that this is a huge reference book. ومرجع وثيق لأصحاب الحديث انتقي من حديث كثير 
من حديث كثير ومسموعات وافرة فجعله إماما معتمدا وعند التنازع ملجأ ومستندا So this is a book that is a reliable resource uh, and it has been selected from a huge amount of narrations that he had, 750,000 of them. And so it is a book that you can go back to and use as a reference point to check for the sunnah and if something is in the sunnah or not. So how many hadith exactly are there in the musnad of Imam Ahmed? قَالَ الْحَافِظُ أَبُو مُوسَى الْمَدِينِ فَأَمَّا عَدَدُ أَحَدِيثِهِ فَلَمْ أَزَلْ أَسْمَعْ مِنْ أَفْوَاهِ النَّاسِ أَنَّهَا أَرْبَعُونَ أَلْفًا The opinion that is the strongest regarding the narrations is that there are approximately 40,000 narrations in the Musnad of Al-Imam Ahmad. Abu Musa Al-Madini said that I continue to hear from the people that there are 40,000 in there. إِلَىٰ أَنْ قَرَأْتُ عَلَىٰ أَبِي مَنْصُورِ بِنْ زُرَيْقِ الْقَزَّازِ بِبَغْدَادِ قَالْ حَدَّثَنَا أَبُو بَكَرَ الْخَطِيبِ قَالْ حَدَّثَنَا ابن المنادي قال لم يكن أحد في الدنيا أروى عن أبيه منه يعني عبد الله ابن أحمد بن حنبل لأنه سمع المسند وهو ثلاثون ألفا والتفسير وهو مئة وعشرون ألفا Here it mentions that there is nobody who narrated more from his father than Abdullah narrated from his father. Abdullah, the son of Ahmed ibn Hanbal. Nobody narrated more than what Abdullah narrated from his father, meaning a son to a father. Nobody narrated more in terms of a son to a father than the son of Ahmed ibn Hanbal, Abdullah. And it's mentioned that he narrated, in this version of it, approximately 30,000. And that is what some of them have mentioned, 30,000. فَلَا أَدْرِي هَلْ أَلَّذِي ذَكَرَهُ بْنُ الْمُنَادِ أَرَادَ بِهِ مَا لَا مُكَرَّرَ فِيهِ أَوْ أَرَادَ غَيْرَهُ مَعَ الْمُكَرَّرِ فَيَصْلُحْ الْقَوْلَانِ جَمِيعًا And this is regarding what the intention was behind that figure. Does it include... The repetitive narrations, those that are repeated or without those that are repeated because sometimes a hadith might be quoted in more than one place in the book. It may be quoted in more than one place in the book. So do you count that as two narrations because there are maybe two chains of narration to it? Or do you count that as one? So sometimes the figures might differ. If you double them up and count them as an individual narration, you end up with a bigger figure. But if you say, but those two hadith are the same essentially, and you count them as one, you end up with a lesser figure. So there is a mention of 30,000, there is a mention of 40,000 uh, uh, regarding the narrations in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. How many Adad al-Sahaba al-Mukharraja masaniduhum fil Musnad? 
How many companions are mentioned in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed? Their narrations. How many companions and their narrations are mentioned? Some of the scholars have mentioned, فَأَمَّا عَدَدُ الصَّحَابَ فَنَحُوا سَبْعِمِئَةْ رَجُلٌ وَمِنَ النِّسَاءِ مِئَةْ وَنَيْفٌ Some of the scholars have said that there are approximately 700 narrators from the men and a hundred odd from the women. So altogether 800 odd narrators. And 40,000 hadith split over those narrators. وَقَالَ ibn al-Jazari وَقَدْ عَدَدْتُهُمْ Ibn al-Jazari says, I counted them up. فَبَلَغُوا سِتَّ مِئَةٍ وَنَيْفًا وَتِسْعِينَ سِوَى النِّسَاءِ He said that it came up to 690-odd. Uh, 690-odd from the men, 690-odd of the men narrators. And as for the women, he said, I counted them and there were 96. So the figures are very similar. 700 to 100 and odd, and here 690-odd to 96. So very close the figures in terms of how many narrators are mentioned in there. وَاشْتَمَلَ الْمُسْنَدْ عَلَى نَحْوِ مِنَ الصَّحَابَةِ Approximately 800 companions are narrated from in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. Now then, شَرْطُ الْإِمَامِ Ahmad. How strong are the narrations in Imam, the Musnad of Imam Ahmad? How strong are the narrations in the Musnad of Al-Imam Ahmad? Abu Musa al-Madini said, لم يخرج أحمد في مسنده إلا عمن ثبت عنده صدقه وديانته دون من طعن في أمانته That Al-Imam Ahmad never narrated any narrations from someone unless that person was somebody recognized by him and established with him as being a truthful person, a religious and upright and honest and truthful person. They are the types of people Al-Imam Ahmad would narrate from in his Musnad. They are the types of hadith, those chains of narration with those types of people in them. Trustworthy, honest, upright, practicing, religious, pious people. They are the ones he would narrate from in that chain of narration. He would not narrate from those who had been criticized for their honesty and their uprightness. وَقَالَ شَيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ ibn شَرْطُ الْمُسْنَدْ أَقْوَى مِنْ شَرْطِ أَبِي دَاوُدِ فِي سُنَنِهِ The level of scrutiny that Imam Ahmad put into Picking his hadith and the change of narration was stronger and more than the level of scrutiny that Abu Dawood put into the hadith when he selected them for Sunan Abi Dawood. That the level of strength here in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad was higher. The condition, the condition as to when they would allow something to go in or not, it was a stronger condition in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. To even the Sunan of Abi Dawood. How so? 
قد روى أبو داود في سننه عن رجال أعرض عنهم أحمد في المسند There are certain people that Abu Dawood, Al-Imam Abu Dawood narrated from in his sunan Abu Dawood that Al-Imam Ahmed would not narrate from. So obviously Al-Imam Ahmed was stricter in who he would allow to narrate from in those chains of narration, in those hadith compared to Al-Imam Abu Dawood. Al-Imam Abu Dawood. ولهذا كان الإمام أحمد لا يروي في المسند عمن يعرف أنه يكذب مثل محمد بن سعيد المسلوب نحوه. So الإمام أحمد would never narrate from anybody the hadith who were known for lying. For example, محمد بن سعيد المسلوب. It's an example of somebody that الإمام أحمد would not narrate from because he was known for lying. لكن قد يروي عمن يضعف لسوء حفظه فإنه يكتب حديثه ليعتضد به واعتبر به But people who were not liars but did have weak memory slightly he would allow that to go in Al-Imam Ahmed would allow their narrations to go in Not known for lying but they were known for having a slightly weak memory which means they could have been making mistakes, but he allowed some of their narrations to go in for the purpose of keeping them there as a secondary source or a supplementary source of backing up the evidences. They weren't primarily the evidences, they weren't there for being primarily evidences, but as secondary and supplementary evidences to what he already had. So that indicates to you that Al-Imam Ahmed was quite strict in picking what he picked. He wouldn't just pick any narration to go in there. He would check those narrators and make sure they are upright, trustworthy narrators. He wouldn't write the narrations of the people who were known for lying. He may allow the narrations of some who were known for weak memory, but only as supplementary evidences that can be used as backup to the other authentic, stronger evidences. Then also now, continuing from that point regarding the level of the narrations in there, so what do we say about the level of the narrations? Are they all authentic? Or are there some weak? Are there some fabricated? What are the levels of the narrations exactly? One of the scholars, Al-Hafidh Abu Al-Qasim Al-Tamimi rahimahullah, he said, it is not permissible to say that there are any weak narrations, like completely weak hadith. Not permissible to say that. Rather what is in there, they are all authentic and acceptable narrations. That you cannot say any of the narrations are weak. وَقَالَ شَيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ ibn Taymiyyah Ibn Taymiyyah said, وَقَدْ تَنَازَعَ النَّاسُ هَلْ فِي مُسْنَدِ الْإِمَامِ أَحْمَدْ حَدِيثٌ مَوْضُوعٌ The people have differed and debated over this issue. Are there any fabricated narrations in the musnad of Imam Ahmad? فقال طائفة من الحفاظ 
كأبي العلا الهمداني وغيره ليس فيه موضوع So some of the scholars have said like Abu al-Ala al-Hamadani that there are no fabricated narrations in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad laysa fihi mawdu' wa qala ba'd al-ulama ka'ab al-Farj ibn al-Jawzi fihi mawdu' but some scholars like Ibn al-Jawzi have said that there are some narrations that can be considered as mawdu' fabricated قال شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية ابن تيمية said regarding these differences of opinion over whether there are any fabricated narrations in the Musnad or not. He said ولا خلاف بين القولين عند التحقيق that there is no difference between those two opinions when you analyze it really. Which two opinions? The opinion saying that there are fabricated hadith in there and the other one saying there are no fabricated hadith in there. Ibn Taymiyyah said there is no contradiction between those two statements when you analyze them in reality. فَإِنَّ لَفْضَ الْمَوْضُوعِ قَدْ يُرَادُ بِهِ Because when you use the word مَوْضُوعِ, it can have different meanings. One of them is المختلق المصنوع الذي يتعمد صاحبه الكذب one meaning of the word mawdu' in Arabic is a completely made up narration that somebody on purpose lied and made up. That's what we often call fabricated. Somebody on purpose absolutely lied and made up a narration. Fabricated, mawdu' that's one meaning. That type of hadith, there is not a single one of those in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed. A hadith that some narrator just lied and made up blatantly. None of those in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed. وَيُرَادُ بِالْمَوْضُوعَ مَا يُعْلَمْ انْتِفَاءُ خَبَرِهِ وَإِنْ كَانَ صَاحِبُهُ لَمْ يَتَعَمَّدِ الْكَذِبَ الْأَخْطَأَ فِيهِ The second meaning of fabricated is where a person, a narrator, has narrated something which is actually not a hadith. But the narrator narrated it in good faith. He didn't realize that it was a fabricated narration. He didn't realize that the narration wasn't authentic. He narrated it in good faith. So that's different to the first type where a narrator blatantly lies and makes up and fabricates a hadith. Compared to this where a narrator narrates a hadith that isn't authentic. But in good faith, he didn't know, he didn't realize, it was a mistake. Those types, there may be some of them in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed. Where there were errors and mistakes, they're not authentic. By error and by mistake, they were narrated and placed in. But as for the ones that were intentionally fabricated by narrators, none of those in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed. وَهَذَا الضَّرْبِ فِي الْمُسْنَدْ مِنْهُ بَلْ وَفِي سُنَنِ يَبِدَاوُدُ This type where narrators might narrate some narrations that are not authentic, they are fabricated, but those narrators narrated them in good faith. But at the end of the day, they aren't hadith, they were mistakes. Some of those are in the Musnad, and in fact, some of those types of narrations, you'll find them in the Sunan of Abu Dawood and in the Sunan of An-Nasai too. Some of those types of narrations. وقال الحافظ في مقدمة تعجيل المنفعة 
ليس في مسند أحمد حديث لا أصل له إلا ثلاثة أحاديث أو أربعة الحافظ ابن حجر said that in the مسند of الإمام أحمد there are no narrations that have absolutely no basis to them except three or four that's it from all of those 40,000 there are none which have absolutely no basis to them, just fabricated, other than three or four, that's it. Three or four throughout the whole thing. Minha hadith Abdurrahman ibn Awf, annahu yadkhulu al-jannata zahfa, wal-a'tidhar anhu annahu mimma amara al-imam Ahmed bil-dharbi alayhi faturika sahwa. There's an example, they mention one narration that goes through Abdurrahman ibn Awf which is fabricated. And that's in the Musnad. But some of the scholars do say, there is a reason behind that one, having got into the Musnad. They say, Al-Imam Ahmad actually afterwards realized and told them to rub that one out, to get rid of that one from the Musnad. But it wasn't gotten rid of, it was left by accident in the Musnad, when it was supposed to have been removed. That fabricated narration was known to Al-Imam Ahmad and he told them to remove it, but it got left accidentally and remained in it. So, the point being overall, there is no real fabricated narrations in the Musnad, those three or four maybe, and that is only from the mistake or the error from those uh, uh, narrators not realizing. So overall, the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, the level of the Ahadith is good. It is a good level of the narrations, authentic level of the narrations. And yes, there are some that will fall below that strong level of authentication. Or authentication. And there are just that three or four maybe that fall into the fabricated category where the narrators made error. أقسام الأحاديث المسند المطبوع The types of hadith that are in the musnad. Because imagine, remember, the musnad of Imam Ahmad and the other books of the scholars, the scholars themselves didn't necessarily write them. Who wrote them then? The students. When those scholars were narrating all these narrations, the students were writing them down into the book. So now let's have a look at this topic. Al-Shaykh Ahmed ibn Abdurrahman al-Sa'ati qal, Bitatabbu'i li-ahadith al-Musnad wajadtuha tanqasimu ila sittati aqsam. He said, one of the scholars of the past, when I analyzed the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, I realized that all of the hadith that are in there can be categorized into six categories. All of those thousands of hadith that are in there can be categorized into six categories. Al-awwal, ma rawahu Abdullah ibn Ahmad an abihi sama'an minhu. وهو المسمى مسند الإمام أحمد وهو كبير جدا يزيد على ثلاثة أرباع الكتاب. Three quarters of the musnad 
three quarters of it are what the son of Al-Imam Ahmad directly heard from Al-Imam Ahmad. Three quarters of the narrations in there are what the son of Al-Imam Ahmad, Abdullah, heard from Al-Imam Ahmad. That's one category, three quarters of the hadith. الثاني ما رواه عبد الله عن أبيه وغيره وهو قليل جدا The second category are the narrations that Abdullah, the son of Imam Ahmad narrated from his father Ahmad and also from others the first category was what his son narrated or heard directly from Al-Imam Ahmad. The second category, what he heard from Al-Imam Ahmad, but also heard from others too. The third category, a thirdth, ma rawahu Abdullah an ghayri abihi. The third category is what Abdullah, the son of Imam Ahmad, narrated from other than his father. What he narrated from other than his father. وَهُوَ الْمُسَمَّى عِنْدَ الْمُحَدِّثِينَ بِزَوَائِدِ عَبْدِ And this is what the scholars, they often refer to as the additions of Abdullah. The additions of Abdullah, because those were the sections that he narrated from other than his father, Ahmad ibn Hanbal. So they are known as additions that he narrated from elsewhere. So that is one type of category of hadith that you find in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. So far we said the first category was where his son Abdullah heard them directly from Ahmad ibn Hanbal. And that is three quarters of the book. The second category, what he heard from his father, but also on top of that, heard from others. And that is only a few. There's not many of those in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. Only a few. Third category are the additions of Abdullah. What he heard from, what he narrated from, other than his father. وَهُوَ كَثِيرٌ and these additions are relatively a lot compared with the other categories other than the first category. Excluding the first category, which was what he heard directly from his father, exclude that. From the other five categories, this category is actually a reasonable amount, the additions. Exclude the first category, that's three quarters of the book gone. The last quarter, then there's a lot of that quarter which are this category, the additions of Abdullah, the son of Imam Ahmad. The fourth category, مَا قَرَأَهُ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ عَلَىٰ أَبِيهِ وَلَمْ يَسْمَعْهُ مِنْهُ وَهُوَ قَلِيلٌ What Abdullah read to his father, but did not actually hear from his father. Now that is something they do talk about in the sciences of hadith. It's one thing you narrating a hadith from your shaykh, because your shaykh told you that hadith and you heard it. 
It's another thing you narrating the hadith from your shaykh because you went to him and said, okay, this hadith, is it yours? This hadith X, Y, and Z. And you read out the hadith to the shaykh. You are the one reading out the hadith to the shaykh. His hadith, the shaykh's hadith. You're reading it out to him. That's a different scenario to the one where he, the shaykh, himself is reading his hadith to you. And you're directly hearing them and taking them. There is a difference between them. In the sciences of hadith, it does come up. So here it's split off as well as a separate category. The narrations that Abdullah read to Ahmad ibn Hanbal, to his father, but he didn't hear his father recite them to him, read them to him. So that is only a few again, not many, but there's a few of those. Al-Khamis, the fifth category, ma wajadahu Abdullah fi kitab abihi. بخط يده ولم يقرأه ولم يسمعه The fifth category are narrations that Abdullah, the son of Imam Ahmad, found in a book of his father, Ahmad ibn Hanbal, where Ahmad ibn Hanbal had written those narrations down, and they are narrations that neither Abdullah ever heard directly from his father narrate to him, nor did he actually ever go and read them to his father. They were just narrations written by his father in the book that he found. He never read them to his father. His father never recited them to him. They were just in the book written by Ahmad ibn Hanbal. One of his books written there, he found some narrations there that are in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. And in the sciences of hadith, that can become important too. These issues are important in the sciences of hadith. How you narrate a hadith. Are you narrating it because your shaykh narrated it to you? That's one method. Are you narrating it by you having gone to the shaykh and read to him, and him confirming that for you, without him actually reading it to you? That's another method. Have you just found your shaykh's book with his handwriting, where he's written them down, his narrations, and you've taken them and are narrating them now? That's another method. These are all different methods of narration. That comes in the sciences of hadith, and it's important in the sciences of hadith. So in the fifth category, it's what Abdullah found in the handwriting of his father, in his father's book, but he never read them, nor did he hear them. Or read them to him, or hear them from him. The sixth category, as-sadis, ma rawahu al-hafiz, Abu Bakr al-Qati'i an ghayri abdillah wa abihi rahimahum Allah wa huwa aqallu al-jami' The sixth category is what Hafiz Abu Bakr al-Qati'i So not Abdullah the son of Imam Ahmed anymore Hafiz al-Hafiz Abu Bakr al-Qati'i What he narrated via other than Abdullah and other than Ahmad ibn Hanbal directly. And they are the smallest. That is hardly any. A few, the smallest number is this category. Because basically the whole of the Musnad is narrated from the son of Imam Ahmad. Basically you can see all of the categories are the son of Imam Ahmad. Just a small, tiny amount it's mentioned, Al-Hafid Abu Bakr al qatihi 
Some of the scholars, they mentioned that the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, nobody got that except his own son, Abdullah. He was the only one who got the Musnad of Imam Ahmad from Imam Ahmad, and then he reported it onwards. But they do say there's a small amount of Abu Bakr al-Qati'i, and that's a very small amount from those six categories. وَذَكَرَ شَيْخُ السَّاعَاتِ رَحِمَهُ some of the scholars have said in this final category, where other than Abdullah narrates, there's only 11 hadith out of all of those tens of thousands. Just 11 hadith. لكن رد ذلك شيخ ناصر الدين الألباني رحمه الله في رسالته الذب الأحمد وبين أنه تتبعها كلها ووجدها من زيادات عبد الله ابن أحمد. وبعضها من روايات الإمام أحمد نفسه ونص على أنه لا يوجد في المسند زيادات للقطيعي A point to mention regarding the sixth category الإمام الألباني محدث رحمه الله تعالى He said he analyzed the musnad carefully and he analyzed these 11 supposed narrations that came from other than Abdullah and he said after analyzing them it became clear to him that actually even these few narrations 11 or so even those were actually from the additions of Abdullah we mentioned a category there where Abdullah the son of Ahmed had uh, uh, some additions that he had narrated from other than his father Imam al-Albani said those 11 or so they were actually from his additions or even they were actually from the narrations of Imam Ahmad in other narrations. So basically the conclusion is, there are actually there is actually no sixth category. Those narrations of Al-Qati'i, they don't actually exist. They exist, but they already exist in the other five categories. They're not a special category. There are no additions by Al-Qati'i himself. And that's why the scholars say the whole of the Musnad came via the son of Imam Ahmad Abdullah. Inayatul ulama bil musnad. What can we say in terms of how the scholars have maintained the musnad and what work they've done around the musnad after the death of Imam Ahmad in the years that have gone since then? So, scholars have done a lot of work on the musnad of Imam Ahmad over the centuries. They've done a lot of work on it. One thing which has been done, رَتَّبَهُ عَلَى مُعْجَمْ الصَّحَابَةِ وَالرُّوَاتْ عَنْهُمْ كَتَرْتِيبِ كُتُبِ الْأَطْرَافِ الْحَافِظْ أَبُوْ بَكَرْ مُحَمَّدِ بْنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بْنْ مُحِبْ الصَّامِتِ This scholar, الحافظ أبو بكر محمد بن عبد الله بن محب الصامت One of the things that he did was that he organized the Musnad of Imam Ahmad upon the alphabetical companions and then the narrators that stem from them. You remember we talked about just earlier the organization of Imam Ahmad. It wasn't on alphabetical order. There was organization based upon seniority. The ten who were given the glad tidings, the family of the Prophet, the people of Makkah, etc. There was an order. One of the scholars came along and organized it alphabetically. Because sometimes that helps people, makes it easier. 
alphabetically, you can find the companion you're looking for easier. So one of the scholars did that with the book. Reorganized it alphabetically. أَخَذَ الحافظ أَبُوا الْفِدَاء عِمَادُ الدِّينِ إِسْمَعِيلِ بِنْ عُمَرِ إِبْنُ كَثِيرِ إِبْنُ كَثِيرِ رحمه الله كتاب المسند بالترتيب ابن المحب الصامت وضم إليه الكتب الستة ومسند البزار ومسند بيع على الموصلي ومعجم الطبراني الكبير ورتبها جميعا على نفس ترتيب ابن المحب للمسند وسماه جامع المسانيد والسنن Ibn Kathir took the Musnad of Imam Ahmad and added onto it Al-Kutubu Sitta. Bukhari, Muslim, Dawud, Nisai, Tirmidhi, Majah. Added all of those in. And the Musnad of another scholar, Al-Bazzar. And the Musnad of another scholar, Abu Ya'la. And the book of another scholar, Mu'jam Al-Tabarani, Al-Kabir. He put all of those together and put them into that same type of organization that uh, 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 the previous category was Al-Hafidh Abu Bakr Muhammad uh, Ibn Abdullah Ibn Al-Muhib As-Samit maintained that organization and alphabet but added all of these others into it. So now you have a huge comprehensive book with all of these narrations in there. And he called that book Jami'ul Masanid wa Sunan. The collective book of all of these chains of narration, all of these sunnas. And obviously, if you put that much together, the Musnad of Imam Ahmad itself, so many thousands of hadith, then all of the six books, Bukhari, Muslim, Abu Dawud, Nasai, Tirmid, Ibn Majah, and then the Musnad of Bazar, and the Musnad of Yala, and the Mu'jam al-Tabarani. All of these, then of course it is a collective book of all of the chains, uh, the Asanid and the Sunan. قال ابن الجزري وجهد نفسه كثيرا وتعب فيه تعبا عظيما فجاء لا نظير له في العالم وأكمله إلا بعض مسند أبي هريرة فإنه مات قبل أن يكمله لأنه عوجل بكف بصره uh, وقال لي رحمه الله تعالى لازلت أكتب فيه في الليل والسراج ينونس حتى ذهب بصري معه uh, ولعل الله أن يقيض له من يكمله مع أنه سهل فإن معجم الطبراني الكبير لم يكن فيه شيء من مسند بهريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه It's mentioned that he strived a lot in doing that in putting all of this collection together and that the only deficiency that was left was a little bit from the collection of Abu Huraira, uh, and that he died before finishing it. Uh, he died before finishing it because he actually had a problem with his eyes that occurred. He used to write under the lantern light, flickering light, and so in the end it caused a problem with his eyesight, and his eyesight went. But uh, uh, you can see the huge amount of work that has gone into that. The third one, رتبه الحافظ ابن حجر أيضا على الأطراف وسماه إطراف المسند بكسر النون وضم الميم إطراف المسند المعتري بأطراف المسند الحنبلي 
ثم ضمه أيضا مع الكتب العشرة في كتابه إتحاف المهرة بالفوائد المبتكرة من أطراف العشرة These are now some of the, the, the books in hadith in the sciences of hadith Al-Hafid ibn Hajar also did some work with the Musnad of Imam Ahmad compiled it together with other books and their chains of narrations and these are some of the famous books Itihaf al-Mahara etc then different types of works as well one of them is Tarjama li rijalihi al-Hafid Shamsuddin al-Husayni fi kitabihi al-Ikmal biman fi Musnad Ahmad min al-Rijal mimma laysa fi tahdhib al-Kamal there is a book known as Tahdhib al-Kamal huge book which has the biographies of narrators in it narrators of the six books obviously in the musnad of imam ahmad there are going to be some narrators that are not in that book because some of the narrators that imam ahmad used may not have narrated anything in the six books of hadith so there will be some extras what this uh, uh, scholar did here is that he wrote the biographies of all of those extra narrators in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, which are not in this other huge book, Tahdib al-Kamal. Tahdib al-Kamal gives you the biographies of the narrators of the hadith, from the six books, Bukhari, Muslim, Dawud, Nasai, Ibn Majah, Tirmidhi. Then, Shamsuddin al-Husayni wrote a book where he added on the biographies of all the extra narrators that are in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, which aren't in that book, Tahdib al-Kamal. So basically, therefore, you have then biographies of all of the narrators. You therefore have biographies of all of those narrators in the Musnad. ثُمَّ تَرْجَمَ لِرِجَالِهِ أَيْضًا ضِمْنَ كِتَابِهِ التَّذْكِرَ بِرِجَالِ الْعَشْرَةِ وَهِيَ الْكُتُبُ السِّتَّةِ وَمُوَطَّى مَالِكِ وَمُسْنَدْ أَحْمَدْ وَمُسْنَدْ شَافِعِي وَمُسْنَدْ أَبِي حَنِيفَةِ وَقَدْ اِخْتَصَرَهُ الْحَافِظِ فِي تَعْجِيلِ الْمَنْفَعَةِ مُقْتَصَرًا عَلَى رِجَالِ الْأَرْبَعَةِ Then also there was another book where ten books were put together and all of the biographies of their narrators. The six books and on top the Muwatta of Imam Malik, the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, the Musnad of Shafi'i and the Musnad of Abu Hanifa and then the biographies of all of the narrators were put there. And then there's examples of some others. رَتَّبَهُ الشَّيْخِ أَحْمَدِ بْنَ عَبْدِ الرَّحْمَنَ سَاعَاتِ عَلَى الْكُتُبُ وَالْأَبْوَابِ You remember we said the books of Musnad, they are organized upon the narrators. So you could have Anas ibn Malik and all of his narrations that he had in there, in his chapter. Could be narrations about prayer, narrations about zakat, narrations about wudu, narrations about hajj, everything. Just narrations that are from Anas ibn Malik, all mixed up. So one of the scholars, what he did was, As-Sa'ati, he got the whole of the Musnad of Imam Ahmad and rearranged it, not into the narrator's names, but into chapters of fiqh. So he, he rearranged it like the books of fiqh are rearranged. So all of the hadith about purification in one chapter, all the hadith about wudu in one chapter, about the prayer in one chapter, he organized it on those chapters. Whereas the Musnad is obviously all just going to be mixed up. Every narrator, all of the different hadith just mixed up in there. Next narrator, all of the hadith mixed up in there. He picked them all out and arranged them together in their topics. So now if you want to, for example, find out 
which hadith are in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed about the prayer, you can go to this book and all of the hadith about the prayer from the Musnad are put together in a chapter. All the hadith about the hajj put together in a chapter. So that helps you to work with the Musnad of Imam Ahmed in that way too, to be able to investigate certain chapters. واعتنى بهذا المسند أيضا الشيخ أحمد بن محمد شاكر رحمه الله تعالى فشرح غريبه وحكم على حديثه صحة وضعفا بما أوصله إليه اجتهاده ثم صنع له فهارس قصمها رحمه الله تعالى إلى قسمين فهارس لطيفة كفهارس العلام ونحوها وفهارس علمية كتلك التي صنعها في الرسالة لشافعي وقد توفي رحمه الله تعالى قبل أن يكمله إذ بلغ الربع تقريبا الشيخ أحمد شاكر from the recent scholars not too long ago he explained some of the difficult words in the musnad of Imam Ahmed in the narrations he gave rulings on the levels of each hadith how strong it is, weak it is he spoke about those things he made a page of contents and indexes for the musnad because remember in the olden days when they used to write books, they didn't used to make any page of contents at the end or any index at the end. That didn't exist in those days. Afterwards, scholars have come, got those old books and made indexes and contents and everything. So he did that as well for the Musnad of Imam Ahmed. Indexes and content pages, you can find things easier. But he only managed to do a quarter of it before dying though. So it's not complete. But a quarter of it is done though. Um... And recently one of the jobs that has been done on the Musnad of Imam Ahmed is a full checking of it. Beginning to end, checking all of the narrations, all of the words, properly verifying everything. And that's the version which is printed in over 50 volumes. Where all of it has been properly, carefully checked, all the words, all the narrations. And that's why it's ended up at 50 volumes. So that one is the uh, one of the latest works by Shu'ayb al-Arna'ut and others. هذه أهم الجهود التي وقفت عليها يقول المؤلف that these are the most uh, important works around the Musnad of Imam Ahmed وهناك جهود أخرى اعتنت بالمسند من حيث مكانته وأهميته وبيان درجة حديثه and there are other works as well that have been done talking about the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, the level and strength of the hadith in it. Many other books as well. There's a list of four or five more here as well. So you can see this is a tremendous book. It is a pillar in the books of the libraries that you have. The Musnad of Imam Ahmad. So that is a brief overview of that book. And remember what century we'll be talking about here. The third century. This was the third century, Al-Qarn al-Thath. From the third century works that were done was this book as an example, the Musnad of Al-Imam Ahmad. From next week, we're going to start now on to Al-Kutub al-Sitta. We're going to start with Al-Bukhari. And then after that, Muslim. And then Abu Dawud Nasai Tirmidhi ibn Majah. Those, the way we do that is a bit more detailed than this in fact. We'll talk about Sahih al-Bukhari. Uh, why Al-Imam Al-Bukhari even wrote it? What was the reason behind it? Did Al-Imam Al-Bukhari give some reason for writing it? Did Imam Muslim give a reason for writing his? Did Abu Dawud give a reason for writing his? All of the scholars that wrote those books, did they give reasons why they wrote them? 
Then we're going to talk about the titles because we call them now Sunan Abi Dawood and Sunan Al Nasa'i and Sahih Al Bukhari. But are those the actual titles that Al Imam Al Bukhari gave and Abu Dawood gave and Nasa'i gave? There are some others, in fact, that they wrote down the original titles. So we're going to start looking at those types of things. How many hadith are in each of them? How strong each of these books is and what order they come in? So the six books of hadith, the famous books, we've all heard of their titles. Now over the next few weeks, we'll go into the details of what those books are properly, how they were written, what their authors wanted to do with those books, how they wanted us to benefit from those books. So you really have a proper understanding of those six books of hadith. So inshallah ta'ala, next week we'll start with Al-Bukhari. Uh, next week class, approximately same time, 7, 7.15 p.m. We'll continue with that inshallah. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Any questions or anything there? Allah alam. That we'll have to check. Allah alam when the exact timings would have been. It, uh, it would appear to be the case during the lifetime of Ahmed ibn Hanbal. I, I don't think at all it was after his death. It was during his lifetime that he was putting all this together. Because obviously three quarters of it, he heard it directly and he was obviously writing it all down straight away. So it would have been during the lifetime. I, I don't believe it was years later afterwards. It was during the lifetime. He was hearing it, he was writing it all down. Gustav mentioned that that's differed over. Books of ascription, then you have to look into the details of it, the Musnad of uh, Abi Hanifa especially, and whether it's proven that it is book or not, that's another issue you have to look into in detail. Some of the scholars will say it's proven, some will say it can't be definitely proven, that's another thing. But there are books that are recognized and known and are mentioned, the Musnad of Shafi'i, the Musnad of Abi Hanifa, they are books that are mentioned by the scholars and ascribed to a Shafi'i and Abu Hanifa. The details of that, it's something that's differed over and you have to look into. Alright, we'll carry next week then, inshallah, 7, 7.15 p.m. Inshallah.